0: Welcome to the Elijah Streams Podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz.
1: Hey, happy Monday, the 18th of December. 18th is one of those numbers, those Jewish numbers, Hebrew numbers that that represent life. I remember that, you know, I don't know where I learned that, but that's one of the numbers. So if, if a Jewish person gives you a gift, often they'll give it to you. Denominations denominations divided by 18 so they'll give you something in 18 cents or they'll give you 18 dollars and they'll do that a lot uh so that's a prophetic number 17 we just left behind that's a number that represents q so johnny and i you know we're always doing something with numbers aren't we so bob jones greatest most liked loved number was 341 and i said "Well, what are you looking for 341 for he goes every time i see it God's just telling me I'm right on time, and there went a car right when he said that, and pulled the front license plate and said 341. So that's one of mine now, too. I adopted it, and God does often speak to me. It, Gematary is supposed to mean something which I no longer remember, but he's got a little book booklet out. It's probably an Amazon. If you put 341, it will probably give you my uh, Bob Jones book. Now, that'll sell a bunch of copies over tonight, so that'll be fun all right listen a quick reminder that DeMonte edmonds will be with us tomorrow at 11 o'clock pacific um uh, i've missed him the last couple of times but he, he's a, a personal friend a very prophetic guy um it's really it's really he's really going to be interesting to hear i can't remember this topic uh or i would say it right now but uh this it'll be really really good and highly prophetic so beautiful family he has so Let's see. Uh, We're going to go ahead and run a quick spot about the wells, and we we kind of switch them up. And so here is that. Here we go.
0: Over 7 million people in Uganda lack access to safe, clean water. But you are changing that statistic by providing access to clean water. But there is still a need. There are still many who don't have access to clean water. Would you continue to help bring clean water to the beautiful people of Uganda? Donate today online at ElijahStreams.com.
1: And in February, I'm going to be out there. Doreen and I will be out there in Uganda to see the wells in person. Uh, So it's not just Uganda. We are now, and I think uh, I saw Mike and Lori will be coming on this week, maybe as early as tomorrow. I've forgotten uh, where we wrote that down, if we made that official. But uh, I think we're in like 11 countries now. Thursday, I guess, is. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Mike and Lori will bring, uh, and she's got a word of the Lord regarding the wells. But, yeah, 11 countries, I think, is, um, yeah, it's going to be really great. So I'm looking at different things here, the notes that are flying in here. All right, so Thursday's going to be a big day because we're going to have that. Robin Bullock will be with us on that day, and we're going to feature a brand-new story that we filmed a a week or two ago. It's been in editing, and you're going to love it. Uh, We're shooting towards in 2024. Um, we'll probably get to the point where it's 1 new fresh filmed story where we go, out, usually in the United States that's other than the Uganda. We'll keep those coming. But then we'll have these fresh stories. They're either miracle stories or giving stories or. Um, what's the other 1, uh, you know, something we did with the, with the wells or some project that you've, I say, we funded what I mean is you funded and we got it done for you. But you were the 1 that put the money behind it. So. All right, uh, so that's that, we're gonna bring Johnny Enlow. I think we're up to speed if if I'm not forgetting something, so here comes Johnny Enlow, unfiltered, here we go. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot.
2: My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening, the awakening, is for your children
1: well merry christmas i found out all my most of my staff had to put on a red christmas sweater or one of them it wasn't exactly red and they were going to trick me well i didn't know about that but i got the red tie so you guys just had to organize it by human will and i i just heard from the lord you know
2: just by the spirit you got the candy (laughs) cane there
1: yeah so anyway Speaking of candy cane, we went we went out and looking at Christmas lights last night. There used to be a, a place called candy they called it Candy Cane Lane. I think other cities have those, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they're all and so what. It wasn't that last night, but it was close to that. Lots of great Christmas lights. So, you know, we went to a Christmas party and and mm-hmm. then that. It's just like man, I haven't been out. I just don't get out that much because I'm a bit of a homebody. But it was really nice to get out and good. And some of you who are viewers that I don't know, I did, I've did, i never met and you told me last night that you watched. Um, there was a very nice young woman who said she's already been out to see Robin Bullock at his place and everything. And I had never even met her here locally. So it's amazing. Amazing. Well, you've got, and now we've got content to get to today that you're going to share. I've got a couple of questions, but uh, you have something to to share about a guide in Israel. What's What's going on with that?
2: Yeah, just briefly, um, I think I'll maybe mention it in a tad more detail at the end, but we're trying to um, um, help. We, you know, as many of you know, we went to Israel earlier in the year, as you did, Steve, and and you had an even larger group, but we had a couple hundred um, with us. And one of our guides is a man named Shlomi, and we've just been checking into our guides, you know, with the war situation in Israel, and of course, it's Palestine uh, with the Palestinians yeah. as well. Um, we're just like, is who who can we help? Who's within our circle of, of reach? And um, and having said that, there's heartbreaking stories and innocent women and children and innocent people on on all sides, and we acknowledge readily acknowledge, you know, in the Gaza Strip among the Palestinians, mm-hmm. the humanitarian uh, heartache is unimaginable. And we we just, we don't know, we don't have access to anyone's story, but uh, Shlomi, he was one of our our tour guides and he has found it, um, you know, very difficult to provide for his family with tourism being shut down and with all that's taking place there. And so, but he didn't, he wanted to not just ask for a handout, but he wanted uh, to add value to uh, to uh, provide something of value. And so he has a historical perspective and expertise and understanding of the biblical connection to the, to the, to the land. He is, he's not a, a messianic, but he is definitely a truth seeker. And we yes. connected in that way. And so we'll have, I think we'll put it even now there is a um, Holy land mm-hmm. community there. Yeah. If y'all will check that link and there's going to be uh, a free, uh, a free, um, Um, event that he'll be hosting Thursday, December 21st, and and then you can do more with that as well, where he will, it's not just about a charity giving to him, but there is, again, there's some instruction about Israel uh, before now that could be um, valuable. Uh, Many might appreciate he'll allow for Q&A there as well. So wanted to uh, tell about that. And, and again, just state that again, we understand that there has, um, it's not, it's not been good for anybody. It's been very tragic, hard. Mm. We have reports coming from Israel, um, things that still happen. And just, you know, for them, it was a nine one one day, what took place, yeah. but for Gaza strip, it's kind of even worse than a nine one one. And so, you know, ultimately I believe there's some sinister hand behind the orchestration of this war that's keeping things going as well. And it's, it's complex, it's complicated. There's the fog of war there. And, and um, yeah. we're aware of it. And it's, 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 uh, it's horrific. And we're actually, you know, we yeah. want and the I, I, to intervene.
1: I, I think our particular um, group of viewers, they are the kind that, is, that would also say we, you know, we're for Israel and we're also, where our hearts go out to innocent Palestinians who don't want war, war, war any more than Israel does. And yes, yeah, so our hearts go out. There are, I, without doubt, Palestinians watching this broadcast that we don't know anything about, but they're watching as, just as there are in, in Iran and some of those other places. There are people watching. So we are not the enemy of uh, Ishmael, can we say? God promised Ishmael he would he would make a great nation out of them, and he has. But he also said the, the brothers would be against each other, you know, for what uh, it seems like forever, right? Maybe the time will come when they'll have uh, peace. We'll have to talk about that one day because we will. You know, there's a highway of holiness that's prophesied. So I'm looking forward to that coming. But I guess I won't jump off that right now. Well, uh, okay, so we got that. You want people to write to that. Let me, So before we get into your content, I have two questions. Let me run these by you either answer them now if you want to or just during before you leave today but one of them was okay we've had the stuff about mike bickle kansas city you know the prayer the whole prayer movement um and i have not known do gee do we have we done enough do we drop this whole subject uh do we ignore it do we cover it up now going forward do we say that's enough now we're going to shut up and like what what is it what's what do you have to say to the body of Christ about this? Do we just move on? Okay, that's question one. Question number two might be a cousin that only because when people get together at Christmas, um, this is going to be a subject that people are going to be talking about. And so the, the, what about facing difficult family dynamics, whether it's about this that I just mentioned, or just tough? Everybody has to face Face the demonic realm, as it were, who always tries to stir up family against family and holidays. So yeah, uh, those are my questions. What, what do you have to offer the viewers to help them and give some tools? So,
2: Well, yes, yeah, Steve. And it really just goes with the theme the Lord's given me um, for the day as well. And um, there's a word the Lord gave me for the day. Uh, I woke up with the word transcend. And we're going to look at that in a moment, and then there's kind of the rise of the transcendent ones and what that means in a practical way for us. But it applies to really both these situations that you're you're bringing up, and um, we do want to um, we want to we do want to talk uh, talk about that. And I think it will be it will be helpful for us, and, and hopefully we can leave some tools or a tool or two for those going into these difficult. We know the holidays are supposed to be, you know, tidings of comfort and joy, but many no. don't feel the comfort and joy as they go home. They're they're facing uh, difficult family realities and dynamics. And so there's ways that we can go and um, and there's tools the Lord can give us. And perhaps there's something we can add uh, today that will assist you in feeling more more hopeful as as you as you face that. So we, we want to be aware of that. A comment as well on. You mentioned the one, uh, the three four one that Bob Jones. Yeah, and you know what I get—I don't know how many are aware. If you if you flip that around, one four three, that is kind of code language for "I love you." Oh, okay. Love is four letters. I love you is one four three. So three four one is it coming from the Father down? I love you. It's Him saying. Oh, I'm, is I'm,
1: that the G- gematria? Is that what that means?
2: It's not really that- gematria, but oh, it is a number of way. It's not not the traditional way gematria is done. It's my own. Okay. I'll say spiritual gematria, where he just um, there's a messaging from heaven on it. But that's just a side thing. So yeah, um, uh, so here's two things the Lord has uh, given me, and one I I'm going to make a comment on something. I don't have much else on it, but I feel just to sh- to share it. Um because one is I got a word transcend this morning and the Lord says, that's the key word for today. And so everything that built off of that for today comes, comes from that. But on December seven, I had two dreams and I, I, I cannot remember anything about the dreams, except this happens often the way the Lord speaks to me. It's just where the dream ends. And so yeah. the dream ended on both of them with, um, statement. It almost went nuclear. And then the name Ezra Cohen. And um, and Ezra Cohen was, it's, uh, you know, but for the understanding was, but for Ezra Cohen. I don't know exactly what that means. I know he, uh, generally the name we hear him by is Ezra Watnick Cohen. And he was one of the key appointees from President Trump Okay. Um, I should have got the exact uh, I
1: I have heard his name and I keep meaning to look it up. Who is he? What? When his name comes up, what are we talking about? He was
2: he he was part of um, I should have um, uh, looked at he 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 had a key position and he was placed there towards the end of Trump's official four years in there um, in military intelligence and Department of Defense. Um, and there was a shifting he did even in there. And so I don't know if it's going to come out to uh, um, to mean something, but there was the the tone of the dream. It was actually uh, hopeful and that it, it almost went nuclear. And it was like, but the Lord had positioned him in that kind of place. But I say that part to say something else the Lord um, wanted me to say as well. We are headed to a great day of celebration. and a great season of kingdom advancement just we're not going to talk a lot about that today but that's the understanding i have and we've been sharing out of what i believe and the part that hasn't changed um there's awakening and it's a rude part of the awakening and Mm -hmm. the awakenings for our children ultimately but there is there is a day of celebration coming and in a way you know a lot of the things that have been exposed we know that steve the things that have been exposed over the last two or three years we would have i would have assumed that 90 percent of them could not have been exposed until that day of celebration had come yeah. that there would be a reveal uh but you know everything is just kind of by uh, just to give some examples so the stuff on hunter biden and the stuff on the Biden family and their involvement and with China money and Ukraine money. And when you think of Epstein Island and the client list and pizza gay, and um, there are, you know, every week there is uh, further detailing of that coming from uh, people who have huge audiences like Tucker Carlson and um, uh, Elon Musk on Twitter. And there are interviews taking place. And so then we have from this last week, Alex Jones, who's kind of the original conspiracy theorist. If you look up conspiracy theorists and wanted to see a picture 20 years ago, they'd have a picture of Alex Jones. And now, of course, the comment everybody makes is everything he said was because that's what it turns
1: out to be true.
2: Everything he says is true. So there's the reveal has been constant. And uh, if you haven't heard any of the reveal over the last two or three years, you are Definitely still under a brainwashing machine somewhere, and it's probably tied into a TV channel that you need not be watching anymore. So the you you,
1: Can I just say, state the reason you're saying that? The way I would say that, because someone might say, "What do you? What do you mean? I'm brainwashed?" Because there's been so much revealed by so many well thought of patriots on so many channels, whether it's Telegram, Truth Social, now Twitter. Uh, rumble and some are getting away with it even on um, what's the YouTube and stuff because there's so much revelation. If you've got none of it by that, you're showing yourself that you have checked out and that you're only willing to listen to whatever you turn on the news, whatever they say is your reality. You may have a great heart, but if that's your reality, you're brainwashed. you might hear your brainwashed guy with a pure heart. Right? I don't know. That's the way I would. No,
2: speak. it is. I think we've addressed in the last couple of weeks somewhere pointing out a scripture that talks about they can't see because they're blind, their hearts are blind. And so yeah. there is a point where your heart becomes blind and where you don't want, you won't face the truth because some part of the truth is whether it's an original hatred, a never trumper that's like you don't want to hear that God ever called or is going to use or use Trump. And so because yeah. of that, you will blind your heart to truth by making inner vows such as that. Yeah. You're gonna be a never trumper, no matter what you find out about him, no matter what you find out about what he went against and the courage he showed in doing so, you're gonna be a never, you're going to have a blindness of heart and you're not going to see the rest of anything either. And so that's just an example, but you can make an inner vow uh, in any sort of direction that knocks you out of truth. So you have to be able to keep your love for truth. In a preeminent place and can in the I midst say, of the discovery of many things. One
1: more thing. And this is my observation. I haven't heard anyone else saying this. I saw it happen in many cases. Some people, when Trump did not pull rank or use the military or use force when January 20 was stolen and everybody knew it, he knew it, everybody knew it, Patriots knew it. And they became so angry that Trump didn't use the military or something and just seize control that they have never forgiven him. Some are like that. They, and they would, they probably already forgot that they said, I'll never forgive him. But that's what, that's where their blindness started. I, that's uh,
2: It can, it can come from that too. So and that's just a, a side uh, part. I don't even know why I felt to mention the Ezra Cohen part only, but if the Lord, it's like, I've been, Since December 7th, holding on to it, trying to understand it any further than that. And then I've got um, nothing more on it other Mm -hmm. than um, uh, than just state. So I'm like, okay, maybe it just needed to be stated for whatever reason. So I'm putting that out there. I do believe we are going into just unprecedented kingdom days. Great days.
1: So we must
2: understand that even that's part of where we're going to go in right now, that even if we go into great days, great kingdom days, it's not the same as us going to heaven. So heaven, there is no resistance. There is no need for faith. There is no need for resolve. There is no need for resiliency. There is no need for uh, pressing in, for overcoming challenges, all that.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give.
2: In this world, you will have tribulation. He, The Lord told us, you know, and that happens um, not just mm-hmm. if it's tribulation from, we'll say, the deep state. Because we're, we're yeah. used to thinking, okay, wow, yeah, we're, uh, you know, that's a big tribulation we've been facing. we waking up. There's communism there. They're trying to shut us down. But it happens whether what you know not the great tribulation but tribulation yeah. happens um no matter what you know your church life can yeah. be a course of tribulation if you're there long enough it will be and so that's just one of the things that's going to happen there's going to be testings and there's going to be relational testings yeah. uh, between brother and sister and uh, i don't mean literal brother and sister but spiritual brother and sister and so you have to learn how to advance and be a peacemaker and when to back to this point of when to confront, when to, um, when to cover and et cetera, et cetera. And so these are dynamics we have to learn. And then you can, you're going to have tribulation from work. Um, and depending on where, where you're at, you know, if you're ultimately in the place where you're the boss and you, re, you, you report to no one, your tribulation theoretically is reduced, but your work life, you're going to have uh, tribulation, your neighbor. Uh, if you're with them long enough, you're liable to find something that can create some sort of difficult. So when we talk about good days for those saying, yes, because I almost hear, yes, we're waiting for that. We're not going to a day where there's no challenges. So get that out of your mind and get that out of your spirit. It's a great day that we're going into. And it's a great day, particularly for King. And you mentioned
1: faith, no matter how great it gets, if I understand it right, there will always be Situations in your life always that that demand faith, right? No matter how good it gets,
2: and that demand that demand forgiveness, that demand all the fruit of the spirit, and so yeah. that's where we're going to go. So here's this word, um, uh, you know. So transcend. Here's the word the Lord was given me, and and um, the the definition of the word transcend is to be or go beyond the range or limits of something is one definition. Another one is to triumph over the negative or restrictive aspects of, Mm. um, to rise or extend notably above or beyond ordinary limits. Uh, Another one is to be prior to, to be prior to. You're like, what what is, what what is, what is that? And so we're going to, uh dig into that a little bit. It's not so much a word study because we're going to get into examples and really, the two yeah. questions you asked, uh, Steve, are are very um, relevant and the application is, is, uh, is great for that. Okay. Um, but here's the deal. We're called to transcend. And so we can no, we can no longer be those just waiting for things to go better. The kingdom is meant to thrive. Whether, we're have, whether we have deep state realities around us or not, and even around the world, those who listen to us, this goes around the world, there's going to be countries in different stages of, we'll say, of being set free from the mafia and being set free from this seven mountain mafia that the Lord pointed out to me a few years ago that I've been telling over and over that he's, that he's eliminating them, this particular mafia. And this particular mafia of the Luciferian cabal that's in place doesn't mean that mafias won't continually try to form. There, that is a reality that takes place. But if we um, step into our assignment, the rise of the transcendent ones, again, so we're called to rise and we're not to rise and expect no resistance. We yeah. rise and shine expecting resistance to say it again. To be or go beyond the range or limits of something. You can see the transcend. There's a word ascend, which is to climb. And then there's a transcending. To triumph over the negative restrictive aspects of. To rise or extend notably above or beyond ordinary limits. So we have to begin to adapt that. Everyone who's listening, you need, you need to start thinking of yourself as being a transcendent riser a transcendent one, one call to rise. And so the Lord, it, this is the word for today, is it's time to transcend. It's not just time that, well, is all the good stuff happened yet? Are we still have bad stuff? Forget that. You can transcend. You can transcend. And, and we're going to hit a, a couple of scriptures that relate relate to that uh, um, as well. But a quick analogy that comes to me before I go to those scriptures, and there's a reason There's these two apostles from the scripture that we want to to look at because their life is very applicable as well. But a transcendent one is going to be one who is a thermostat versus a thermometer. So this is the shift and call that God is making for us. And there are great days ahead of those. There's the rise of the transcendent ones the rise of those who step into being thermostats versus thermometers. So let me explain.
1: Yeah. It doesn't
2: take but a second to, to think of, of the difference there. But a thermometer, you understand that it measures the actual temperature. It, it's a reaction, Yeah, you know, the reactive ones. So it's like, oh, wow, it's hot. It's cold. It's this. Um, it thing. measures
1: where we actually are, not where we want to go.
2: Right. And so you determine, but a thermometer, if it had a brain, would think of itself as, I'm just a realist. I'm just telling you what's oh, really going good. on.
1: Yeah, okay? <laughs> that's good. Yeah.
2: A, therm- a thermostat, a transcendent one, is a different kind of realist. It's a realist like, whatever is doesn't have to be is, I can change the is. That's and good. so the thermostat sets it. So you know a thermostat in your house. If you put it at 65, everybody's cool. If you set it at 78, everybody's hot and warm. So a thermostat changes. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about it when I get to actually directly answering that question, but we can see the application, even going home to Christmas, the difference between being a a thermostat and a thermometer. You go, oh man, there's so much friction. I'm already there. Now I'll go ahead and finish just part of the conversation on it. Anyway, to answer that question, when we get when we get into you know, Christmas time, New Year's time, and we have family and family that knows us very well. We know each other after the flesh too much. And so <laughs> it's so easy to pick an old wound and trigger each other. <laughs> and, and so if we're like, yeah, this is just what I expected. There's just, again, you can go into your home setting. You can go into your holiday setting as a thermometer and it won't go well with you because you're gonna pick up all the discord and all the everything that's there, unless somebody else has decided to be a a thermostat going in a good direction. But if you remember the power that you have uh, to be a transcendent one, one who carries the ability to shift and change. So you're not just there to discern and read what's going on. That's people often who discern and prophetic and intercessors you go and read, and you feel, and you tell what it's like. Well, you want to be able to be uh, a little better than that, and be well, one. And,
1: uh, is this also a synonym? Of if someone says, "So and so, he's just he's a he's a force for peace wherever he goes," because if there's tension, he helps everybody rise above it. That's that's a transcendent one. You transcend it. You rise yeah. above the circumstances. That that helps me. That kind of definition will help somewhere transcends a pretty big word but yeah
2: now you know where that that little phrase we said that doesn't hardly make sense to be prior to it's like you were something prior to so that which is thermostatic is already has his own essence and strength and can release and can release that so but let's look at the scriptures we want to um get better application for this and it really applies to both both questions you brought up and it uh, uh, applies to everything that's going on, us going into okay. kingdom days. So it's, it's, it's relevant to whatever situation anyone is, but we're going to apply it to these these two. So I want us to go to uh, the book of First John and let's start with um, chapter 2 and verse 6. <clears throat> As we're getting there. Let me point out something about the Apostle John. So he was the last apostle author. He was the last apostle. He's the one who wrote the book of Revelation. And for context sake, if you remember, it's in 70 AD that it was just the worst, the, the great tribulation for the church in that day. That's when Titus came with the armies of the Romans. They, they went into the temple and slit the throats of 2,000 that were in the temple and over a million Jews were killed, and those that heeded the words of Jesus, when you see certain things, run to the mountains. They're the ones that there's the ones that escaped and all that. But you have uh, a reality that John is writing the book of First John um, in the vicinity of ten years after that. So it's at least a decade after this has taken place. But they're not the roaring. Book of Acts, church, that's just in this great place. They're under ch- trial. They're under <laughs> duress, and so you'll, if you understand that, you'll see why why the whole. I, I, I read more than that today, but I read the whole book of First John uh, today. It's all about love, you know, and and so there's this big focus on, on that that comes um, from him. But here's the, um, let me read First John chapter two and in, in verse uh, six. He who yep. says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now, this is very simple. It goes with what we just expressed about being thermostatic as well. If, if you abide in him, you also ought to walk just as he walked. Again, I'm going to be recommending this over and over. I feel like the Lord even now is telling me this is, it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful right now. He, he's like telling me too many of my people are looking at themselves as victims They're looking at themselves as if they're thermometers and they're just trying to register, they're trying to feel better about things from outside. And I've given them something from inside. And so this this is a scripture, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So we understand Jesus didn't go anywhere as a thermometer. He wasn't just, oh, wow, there's, he imposed, if you want to put it that way. He imposed, he influenced through the kingdom that he carried everywhere he went. And it's possible to do that. You know, he he experienced the realities of familiar family. He says he could do no great work uh, in Galilee because the family, uh, 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 Nazareth and family that was there were too familiar. Is he not the carpenter's son? So there's an understanding of, he he understood that, it says he could do no great work except for heal and cast out demons. So that was no great work, but just he could. He could he could function as that. But we want to stop feeling powerless in, in the in the midst of uh, in the midst of our reality at this time. So um, let's go to chapter four of first John and verse four.
1: Check that up already. She's she's on it. Uh, all
2: right. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So what else could it be saying other than what we're just saying over and over again? The visual of the thermostat is there. You can overcome. You can transcend because he that is in you, you know, we use it for all kinds of other things. But this Mm -hmm. is an application this season, this time for where we're going, what's taking place. Greater is he that is in you. You have a thermostat inside of you. You're not just there to reflect and register what's taking place. And consider yourself some kind of forlorn victim or like, when, Lord, are you going to take this away from me? Inside of us, within you, is the kingdom that's ready to manifest. The kingdom of God is within you, he tells you, uh, somewhere else. So it's not just the kingdom of God waiting it to change and affect things, dynamics outside. Those are going to happen. We're going into, into a new season. We're going into a new reality. Those things are going to happen, but he's telling us, let's go ahead and shift into what we're supposed to shift in the meanwhile. Uh, chapter five, the next chapter, verse four. Uh, this first John chapter five, uh, verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world: our faith. So it's just very key at this time while we're waiting for all kinds of things to take place. You know, I could, I'll just mention things. Okay, the RV. The EBS, all these other things that different ones you know about and that we're, you know, holding out for things that are going to change the realities for us. He's like, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, period. And so uh, to remind you, John is in a place where um, it's not been going good for the church in general. Mm-hmm. And even when he talks throughout First John chapter 4 about the Antichrist is at work, he was talking specifically about uh, an antichrist spirit that denied that Christ had come in the flesh that was mm-hmm. the antichrist that taking place because they're now after 70 if you can imagine Christ um it's it's you know 30 it was around 30 AD 30 to 33 whenever uh, depending who's right with their calculations where Jesus died on the cross and then of course he rose from the dead and he ascended but that was uh, this would be this would be fifty years later, where where Paul, where John the apostle is writing these things, and there's now starting to be this argument. Another generation, fifty years later. Can you just imagine fifty years ago what really happened in our nation? We're arguing it right now. It's like what really happened, because history was, history has been scrambled and changed and manipulated. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, I just heard this. Uh... You know, there's there's that one phrase that goes to the victor belong to spoils. The other one says, whoever wins the wars gets to write the history of what they say happened. Right. So. So. Well, yeah.
2: So now there's this Christian community in the Apostle John's day, 80 something A.D. And and there is it's it's starting to so dominate uh, the Christian world, that which is left over from the book of Acts, these congregations, these groups that Jesus didn't actually come in the flesh, that, you know, it, uh, they had different ways they were conscribing what really took place, but it's spiritual stuff, it's symbolic, and but it didn't
1: really happen. And, uh, can I just ask you real quick, not to get off, but just a sentence or two, what made them start saying that? Did their experience of miracles begin to wane, so now... They're starting to question everything. Why did they suddenly say he never even came? Why were they sure. trying to?
2: They had some dynamic teachers, as always. You have to have a spokesperson yeah. for this kind of idea. Yeah. And um, I I haven't you know nailed down to who's the original starting. I yeah. know uh, uh I know who was a strong spokesperson for it at the time. And but I haven't done that type of search.
1: yeah, but I'm, yeah, I kind of meant in general terms, even if we don't know who the false teachers were, they, someone emerged, you're saying, some people emerged, began to teach that. Um, for whatever yeah. reason they just began to teach it. People started believing it is what you're saying.
2: And yeah, and when people think of the Antichrist and John talking about the Antichrist already here, that's what he was talking about is something that was at work in the church. That was at work in the church, in the remnant of that which came from Jesus and the twelve apostles, and all that kind of stuff. That movement had been infected, and it it said that over fifty percent had actually fallen under this mm. uh, this deception. And there's more mm-hmm. things uh, connected to it as well. For time's sake, we, we won't go there, and and I didn't prepare for it enough to to make sure. I, when I share on things like that, I have uh, my general knowledge, but then I like to really uh, fine-tune secure it and make sure it's it's uh, historically um uh, yeah. 100% correct as as correct as you can be with yeah. with history but here's the bottom line is that there was uh, that that's just pointing out the antichrist spirit that was do- so dominant that John had to that was his big fight that was his big fight at this time is just trying to get that kind of um that kind of uh, deception out of the church so it wasn't it wasn't a great New York, I mean, New York, a um, new church time. It wasn't a, a great book of Acts um, season when things are, are when, when he's talking about walking and all these things that take place here. So, but this is again for us, I'm uh, just going to add First um, John 5, 14 and 15, verse 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him now that particular passage is one that uh, you know it is it's been a, it's one of those hard ones for the body of yeah, Christ because it's it's
1: the gap between what it says in our experience is what throws us completely off cuz we've i've quoted that to the lord reminding him many times <laughs> So yeah.
2: So and and so in that one you know one of the things is the Lord wants this is a scripture he wanted me to share today. This yeah. is one he's that same God. He's the same one he's still saying that and um sometimes I think we we miss the key. I'm going to I'm going to read it one more time. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And stuff this is the big if
0: help Elijah streams continue to reach people around the world all donations go toward making Elijah streams and the elijah streams podcast possible visit elijahstreams.com give and become a partner today
2: and if we know that he hears us see we go well I doubt you're hearing but I'm going to ask you because the bible says oh. to it doesn't say that if, if we know. know is the key part there you have to know he hears you And that's what begins, it's not like, well, if he answers, then I will. No, it's if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So John, again, it's important because he's the last author writing to us. He's the most advanced in age and experience in everything. He's the love apostle and he's reminding the body of Christ. He's reminding the church. These are kind of just very important Words for us at this time. Part of being transcendent, part of being um, those who will rise into transcendency, if we say it that way, will those, be those who can go back to this simple reality. If you know that he hears you. Now, the Apostle John, with what he's endured, with the decades of what he's lived under and the attempts against his own life that have taken yeah. place, um, and to, to say, if we know that he hears us so that's the place you want to get to at, as you're getting your prayer requests everybody gets their prayer requests ready like well you know i've done this so many times anytime you initiate it's like i've done this so many times you are not qualifying for this because when you say that you say well i'm just being honest i've already done this so many times i don't well you you don't know he's hearing you then because you're well, acknowledging uh, you're dude, remembering just, that he doesn't hear
1: you what's popping into my head is the scriptures are or- that say, well, you know, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and then his courts with praise and eventually if you're at this long enough, you're going to end up in the Holy of Holies. And if you don't do that, he's not going to hear you because you ent- you didn't enter with thanksgiving. You hear what I'm saying, Johnny? We put on ourselves that we, did- we haven't done the work to get to him in the Holy of Holies. Therefore, maybe he doesn't hear. And you completely disqualify your whole prayer that way.
2: Right. Right. And we miss, even in that one, you know, it's not a to-do list that you check off and I did it. I entered and I thanked. The reason you want to enter his gates with Thanksgiving is if you don't remember what he did, see, it connects with the point we're just making right now. If you know he hears you, like, the reason you thank him is to remind yourself that he hears you. And if you can think of nothing to thank him for, it means you don't think he hears you. So the reason you enter his courts with Thanksgiving is like you're about to enter to the king who answers all petitions that has that kind of power. So you don't, you, you don't start your journey is like, well, I've been let down so many times before when I've gone through this <laughs> yeah. door. It's like, no, that's not the purpose. So the Thanksgiving, if you can't find something to be thanks uh, thankful for, it is because there is a blindness of your heart. There's something, because he's been good to all of us. It didn't mean he answered all our, he, he didn't answer all our requests. He, uh, in the way well, we he thought, did, or he or did,
1: he... but we're trying to get it done our way. And if it's not done our way, then we say he didn't hear us. There should be a trail right of
2: ahead. good, no matter what. Yeah, in yeah. this, so it's not that you didn't have tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulation. This is one of his promises. Yeah. We don't put on our refrigerator. <laughs> um but he, he did
1: you're right i don't have that one on my refrigerator another it's one you know like in
2: 2 12, if we suffer with him we will reign with him and so <laughs> there is those those are realities so it's not did you have suffering it's like do you have evidences that he walked through the valley of the shadow of death with you because that's yeah. what david said though i walk i do walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil you're with me so you want to have your spirit needs to be um, uh, re-updated on where He has been faithful to you and it needs to happen on a regular basis because He's actually being good to you every week. Yeah. He's being good to you every day. If you could remember at the end of every day, something that tells you that day that He was being kind to you, then that's, that's what you want because that's just who He is. And, and then it begins to reap its own reward When you know that's who he is, when you know, it says you bring your request to him. And it just says, and you have to go by what it says, that John, the advanced, he's like, if there's any apostle we want to hear from, it's the one who was close to Jesus, put his head on his chest, that overcame death. They couldn't kill him. He's the one who wrote the book of Revelation. He lived into his 90s and, and he's there and he's telling us, if you know, he hears you. And you bring your petitions; He is working to fulfill them. So that's just something that's a truth. And you want to step into the transcendent di- dimension. That's h- how you do it: is by remembering that. Okay, so let's go a couple scriptures of the Apostle Paul and the Book of Philippians, and um, and so we're going to look at Philippians chapter two. But again, the preliminary setup for is is very important. Paul is writing. Where the apostles are writing and to whom is always very important. So Paul is writing this letter of Philippians from prison in Rome. Mm -hmm. And it's in somewhere between 60 and 62 AD. So around 30 years after Christ has ascended. ascended. So the the church has been going on for this, this time. And he's in prison. So everything in Philippians is Paul writing from prison. Not only that, he's probably about two years away from being martyred hmm. um, in Rome, and and it, they're about eight years from Jerusalem and the temple being totally leveled. So the big judgment coming. So they're not; these are not great days. These are not great Book of Acts days hmm. of uh, of kingdom advancement. These are under duress, under hmm. challenge. This is how you become transcendent. But you can forget that. You can forget that these guys whose stuff is being read till today, 2,000 years later, and has caused billions of people to uh, to go into the kingdom in one way or the other by the influence of Paul and John. Um,
1: and is it, isn't it Philippians, you're saying Philippians, he wrote from prison, isn't it Philippians where he said, from the stinky prison, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, isn't that Philippians?
2: Well, he says... Um. Yes, he does. He says rejoice several times yeah. from there. Well, well, we're going to read a couple uh, scriptures from there. Let's start. I mentioned uh, Philippians chapter two, verse okay. fifteen. But again, the context is important because if y'all are thinking, "Oh yeah, Paul, who's raising the dead everywhere, and the shadow is healing, mm. and he's all that," book. No, this is thirty years later, yeah. and he's under duress, and mm. they're close to not just experiencing duress, but hey. An enormous D-Day for for them, you know, for the Jews. But it affected because Christians were considered just a sect of the Jews. So verse um, 15. It's in front of me. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And keep that up for just a second. So, you know, we can apply that we're in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, but he specifically was. And that's why there was judgment, even that came a very severe judgment. But we can be found blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So even in that day, in that context, under the assignment that they were, uh, which is different from ours. Our Ours is to step into a kingdom reveal that is unprecedented. That's what we're going into. He's, he was telling them, even in that context, you shine as lights in the world. They were powerless. They weren't even a nation. They didn't have citizenship. They didn't have anything. So uh, this is not, you know, we're particularly here in the United States with what we're, you know, we're being strengthened with patriotism and God can change our nation. We're supposed to keep all that. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But the kingdom of God functions and operates even without that. And Paul is reminding us, you can be transcendent even if you have no freedoms, even if the uh, the deep state and the controllers and the evil ones are running everything. You can still shine. You can still have kingdom fruit. You can still heal. You can still cast out the devil. You can still change environments, change atmospheres. You can bring change, so that's a message to us where we're at for now. As we go into the last few days of this year, and whatever happens, whatever we go into mm. at 2024, which is towards something good, it's mm. it's a, not just good, unprecedentedly good, but it's going to be with challenges. And so we don't want to be knocked off our horse anymore because a challenge comes that we're doing uh, that we're doing something. And there's like, wait, I was doing good kingdom stuff. And now I have a trial. It's in this world, we will have trial. We will have some tribulation. So we learn to be the transcendent ones that make a difference in a big way anyway. So uh, Philippians chapter four and verse uh, 15. I got to do this quicker because I want to make it a direct application towards the questions um, uh, you asked as well, Steve. So let's go with verses five through seven first of all, Philippians four five through seven, and let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So this thing of the Lord is at hand could easily be talking about the Lord. You either the Lord is near or the Lord is at hand, the coming something, the coming of the Lord in seventy A.D. and judgment for that time. Um, but it's let your let your gentleness be known to all men. Be anxious for nothing. Hmm. Be anxious for nothing. He's in prison, a couple years away from martyrdom. They're eight years away from a total wipeout. Yeah. Be anxious for nothing. But in mm. everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, the thanksgiving is not a to-do list. It's like if you can't see them in your past, you're going to have a hard time seeing them in your future. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known uh, to God And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we want that known. Whatever your situation, whatever your state, again, it's acknowledging we have not just red state and blue states in our nation, but this is going to many other nations and certain nations where there is total uh, lockdown of any kind of freedom towards worshiping the Lord. He's saying he can guard your hearts. And minds through Christ Jesus, and He can coat you in peace. You don't just have to change um, the big picture of what's taking place. And so, this is a good point for me to, a good time to um, throw a visual to people. Think of two circles, two realms. There's the inner circle, the outer circle, the inner realm, the outer realm. And they consider them realms of power or influence. And what we're called to do is to be able to function in both realms. In 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 both circles of influence, and do so in a kingdom way. So I'm going to say a couple things, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to explain it. So, um, just hang with me a second there. Uh, The kingdom has to come in a kingdom way. So the kingdom is a blueprint, but a kingdom is also a way of doing things. So it has to come in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We'll say. So there's the right ideal. And then there's the way it comes. So Seven Mountain Mandate, the assignment to see cities and nations that serve our Lord as cities and nations. That is an incredible uh, assignment. And you can be right in your kingdom objective and be wrong in your kingdom way of doing mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. this is about being transcendent. The Lord just want to encourage us. We can be we can have two rights. The kingdom has to come in two rights, the right thing and in the right way. And, and you can be, um, this goes into something when Steve's asking the question, even as it relates to IHOP, Kansas City, when you ask about uh, Mike Bickle and what's taking place. Do we ignore this? Uh, do we cover this? Let's think of three words, ignore, cover, and confront. Um you know love covers a multitude of sin and so is that is that what we do here or it also tells us though to confront sin yeah and yeah. to expose we read expose that scripture it. yeah, yeah so, we do we confront or do we cover and or do we ignore and and so what is the proper uh, the, the proper positioning well uh, even as we do it even if we get the right thing so even those who are confronting is clearly a biblical Mandate. But there is how we confront you then know. also. It doesn't mean we it ruins the whole thing. It doesn't make us wrong on, on, on the big picture, but it does, it takes away from the kingdom outworking of it, the way it's supposed, supposed to be. And so we want to we want to do things the way he does. We saw in the woman caught in the act of adultery, the Lord had to balance when he told truth and when he when he loved when he, you know there's love and truth and people are like yeah we've compromised truth so much we need a truth back and we do and and um but he he by the spirit had to judge the reality of the situation of the moment and realize that this was a setup that this woman was most likely a prostitute she's caught in the act because the pharisees have set this thing up and they're trying to set it up for where Jesus has to say she's guilty and she gets stoned and so Jesus is responsible for a woman who has suffered for whatever she suffered to to become a prostitute? That she gets uh, stoned in front of the people, and so this was like this. This was not going to be a kingdom outcome, and so Jesus chases off. He chases off the accused. He's, he's
1: seen the bigger picture. Was the victim of the woman and the hypocrisy of the of the Pharisees? Who? Why did they even have contact that they could set it up with the prostitute, and and so that she could be caught? They were in on it. They should have been stoned, and so Jesus thing about if you're without sin, you'd be the first. He should have said, "You're the first to be stoned. You set this up. That's, he who's that's... without this sin, let yeah.
2: cast the first stone." So we, yeah. yeah, we know he says, "Go and sin no more." So he didn't, he didn't forego truth, right? But he understood that this was coming in an atmosphere of accusation. Yeah. and it was not sincere righteousness sincere purity it was nothing yeah, yeah. of that not so even... he's he's going to forego the opportunity to say thou shalt not commit adultery and throw cuz yeah thou shalt not commit adultery is the right message but if you do the wrong time application you kill the whole thing so jesus yeah. is not going to allow one of his initial settings it's he was like wow it's a divine setup he could gone on the record against adultery that wasn't his priority's like this woman who has suffered from men her whole life, not on my watch is she gonna get indicted and then sentenced for that. So just keep in mind, part of being a transcendent one, the rise of the transcendence is we have to learn how to function with the right picture, the right blueprint in the right spirit. There's just all kinds of application. It's gonna be for what we're, we're talking about uh, as well as it relates to the i hop and, and the other, but let me see what other scripture I had in Philippians before I jumped through. Okay, I read five through seven. Let's look at eleven through thirteen. Um,
1: Did you finish your point uh, with Mike Pickle? Did you make no, all the point? No okay. no I'm coming back to it. I'm coming okay. back to, I just right. want to
2: be, I want to be done with the scripture and then I okay. give myself totally to it. Okay. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content again. Maybe you didn't know this. This is a well-known scripture. Some of you knew, I'll finish reading it. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You probably haven't heard that connection of that verse being, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, being I can go through difficulty. I can go through delay. I can go through challenge. I can be abased abased or abound. I can go through all these things, and he is literally walking through that because he is actually using his time in prison. We know many leaders were coming to him. He was actually strengthening the church, and the church was strengthened from his two years in Rome. They were greatly uh, going to need it for perspective again. The book of Revelation talks about Babylon the Great has fallen. It's talking about Rome and Babylon the Great has fallen and what it describes it is Rome. Rome is the city. The Roman Empire, you know, dominated the world for a thousand years. And so this is where he's based. And in being in prison, he's having to give more attention to everything uh, that comes in, in that area. But I'm making a point again. Part of the transcendent ability that is here for us, the provision that is made for us, is that we don't have to have everything going our way to live in victory. You're going to hear the scripture. We could uh, there, he's going to talk about joy and having and 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 um, uh, right near this, I, I don't have it underlined, but he talks about being able to. He says somewhere else, rejoice evermore, rejoice in every this thing of being able to have joy. Uh, he covers it. What he says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content, and it's a it's basically a joy, a contentment, and so that that is a possibility. We don't have to have everything going for us. This is something the Lord's telling me to tell again, body of Christ. Everything doesn't need to be going your way to experience joy. Everything doesn't need to go with your timing to experience presence and joy. That is something that is made available through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And these guys spoke to us, these leaders of the church, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, possibly the two most dominant apostles and leaders um, and, and, you know, most influential other than Jesus himself for our faith.
0: Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show.
2: These are words that are, are good to, uh, that we be reminded on again. Okay, so now let's apply this in a little further way to what's, what's being uh, talked about with IHOP Kansas City and and uh, Mike Bickle and all that. And I'm not going to rehearse uh if you don't know about it, it's all right, you don't you don't know about it. Um you'll you'll get some things if, if Steve asks me another question on it that tells you more about it, that that's fine. But there has been uh he's a leader, the body of Christ who's 68 years old right now. There's a whole movement, uh, tens of thousands of people around the world that are involved in it and follow it in some kind of way. And there's been at least some, by his own confession recently, there is um, at least some uh, some level of immorality um <clears throat> sexual behavior that went wrong with someone uh, and, you know, it's aggravating circumstances. He was like 42 years old. She was like 19 and she's she became a leader as well. She's well-respected even now. And, but there are, there's an attorney that's looking into the situation, watching over it. And so, there are other names as well. So there are other uh, pages of reports with uh, other names. And, and then it applies to the leader, other leadership within IHOP Kansas City. So there is a reality that that's why it's like, do we ignore it as part of uh, Steve and I having a conversation? <clears throat> and um, part of the reason we're not we don't want to ignore it is because, um, you know, part of some of the conjecture and, and 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 connecting that people are doing on the side is like, uh, they're trying to um, make a connection. The fact that the Kansas City prophets came out of
1: oh, that's right, um, okay
2: there as well, and so you know you you connect the prophet prophetic ministry with the Kansas City prophets and say hey, and they remember that Paul Kane, there was immorality that surfaced, there is that kind of in some level Bob Jones. Now you have Mike Bickle. And so you're like, oh, wow, this whole thing. And so the enemy would like to throw out the prayer movement and the prophetic movement saying, oh, look where it started from was uh, contaminated. Well, first of all, um, they didn't, didn't, start, say, there. It didn't yeah. start there. It's in the Bible so strongly, uh, whether it's Paul himself, pray without ceasing. And yeah, there wasn't a twenty-four-seven network established biblically, but the value of prayer, and Paul said, "Pray without ceasing." So there can be no, no, no level of praying that's bad for you, as long as you're in obedience to other areas of your life. So, well, isn't there, it
1: and real quick on the prayer part of that? What was that thing um, out in the Rick Joyner territory where the prayer went on for a hundred years or something? You no, know, I'm talking about Moravian Falls. Uh, um, so that. Yeah, Kansas City, while well, they rebirthed a prayer movement, they didn't. They were not the original prayer movement at all in the body of Christ. So,
2: anyway, and so, the, yeah, so there's on the prayer movement, the enemy's trying to black eye the, the prayer movement. And again, there's definitely, it, it's not wrong to look at it again, reconsider has the application been correct? If those of you have been listening to me long enough, you know that I've said it, and I've actually had meetings years ago with leaders of the prayer movement and where they had concerns that was the seven mountain message de-emphasizing the prayer movement and, you know, making it less important. And, and I said, no, and maybe no and yes. I said, yes, from the standpoint, if you thought that the only assignment was to pray, yes, if that was your perspective, that we're going to get everything done only with prayer then you have misunderstood um, <clears throat> the assignment. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that was never just an assignment to pray. It's an assignment to yeah. show up in society and be the so, part of the solution, yeah. the answer, go, the presence.
1: Yeah. he Go ye into all the earth. And I always just thought that was just all the mission fields until I met you. And they're like, wait a minute, go ye into all the earth. is like, you know, downtown when I lived in Dallas, so, go downtown Dallas, go down. You know, go into all of the city. Going well, to the yeah, go ahead.
2: And and even that, Steve, was kind of the next level of understanding. We've taken it kind of the next level is like, it's not just go downtown. It's like government, right? media, right. economy, right. arts, entertainment, education. Yeah. Literally, we've been shut down. Communism has come into our nation. We are we were at the precipice. We've been at the precipice. Uh, from a cabal that just about reduced us to 500 million people around the world because they took over all these systems and we had no lights there. We didn't have enough lights to resist. By lights, I just mean Christian presence and believers to say, uh, you know, we're now showing up, but it's after the fact. They have made, they have totally taken over the mountain of media. They have totally taken over uh, government to the place where a high percentage of in our nation of Congress, of uh, the Senate, uh, the Supreme Court, CIA, Department of Justice. Every you know that's what's being exposed the last two or three years that our government has been totally taken by a mm-hmm. mafia. And why? Well, because Christians we we were either preparing for rapture or no, we're just going to pray in our closet or in a building and we're going to stay and we're just well, you know
1: we we, we we've been hearing these. That. Horrible things about them wanting to put us all on the earth in 15-minute cities, when effectively we had placed ourselves in 15-minute cities. We stayed inside the church. They were like 15-minute churches. You you know what I mean? We weren't going, you know, and I I take your point strongly. It's not just going to other countries. It's not just going downtown more, but the seven areas of all, every society. Yeah, so, I mean, that's well said. But 15-minute cities would have prevented all of that almost.
2: And that's what he said. And when he said, you're the light of the world, then he said, you put it on a candlestick. So that's seven types of light. That's how we connect it with the seven mountains. So uh, media, economy, government, education, family, arts, entertainment, mountain of religion. So we have to have presence there. It's not about a Christian takeover. It's not about dominion in that kind of way. We're only trying to dominate over darkness, not over people. It's uh, the kingdom of God only comes as an influence. Jesus did not come with a whip and with lightning bolts. He he demonstrated who he is. He's a healer. He's a lover. And men men were attracted to him the same way the kingdom's going to advance now. But the picture from scripture is, if you remember in the days of uh, Moses and Joshua, it tells us of a time where Moses is on the mountain and he's praying. And then he has his hands get tired and the sons of her are lifting his hands. And when his hands are raised, they are winning the battle in the valley. And then when his hands are down, they don't. That validates prayer. Yeah, if there's not prayer, if there's not the declarations, the prophetic decrees and all that kind of stuff, we lose. But Joshua's in the battle fighting, in the valley fighting. And if he's not in the valley fighting where the actual enemy is, if, if he's not confronting the enemy's soldiers and troops, then Moses is just doing exercise. And so I did point out that some of you, know, you we can we can uh, be out of balance in a prayer um, emphasis to the point where it's like, no, we don't actually need to show up. We can just be like Moses and have all these dreams and visions and declarations and get it all done up here. No, mm-hmm. we have to. That was the words to Joshua. Everywhere the sole of your feet go, that is what I've given you. And so he gives us where the sole of our feet goes, not just where we can pray to. But they, they are designed, yeah. to work together. And if you do interact with governmental things, and I interact with big things, and, and, and when you know you're meeting high government leaders or addressing those type of things, it's amazing what it does for your prayer life. You automatically pray. It's not artificial because you're scheduled in a slot from some time. Can, uh, I, uh,
1: can uh, time. I ask you a quick question about that too real quick? is if, if someone let's say there's a part I'm going to just make up a scenario. That you're in partnership and you've got a head intercessor. Now, you know, there's all kinds of iterations, but you're in partnership and he or she that's praying for you loves praying. They pray 24-7 to open opportunities for you to go into this mountain and that mountain. That is that an acceptable model. So that some are primary, primarily prayers and some are primarily goers with everybody doing a little of each. Is that work? It
2: works. And it's because it's acknowledging that some, whether you get older or feebler or whatever, there is, this thing works together, but we understand the, you know, if you go through the biblical model example of the apostles, and again, the apostles were twenties and thirties, especially they're in their twenties when, when the church first starts out and these guys, we think of the apostle Peter and all these, but they're, they're in their twenties, they're young men. And, And so you don't hear about them calling the intercessors and calling uh, they didn't sub out their prayer life. We'll put it that way. And, but they still said pray without ceasing. So I think the way it's designed best is for those who are praying to also go. But I do believe there is a place for those because of whatever, because of um, it's, it's too hard for them uh, to do so any other way um, that that it, what i want to say is it's, it's not that it's invalidating if you pray only uh, it's just that between between us as the body we do have to have uh, the prayer and the going they really do have to yeah. coordinate move together and it works best if the same person is praying and going we'll, we'll just uh, uh, uh put it that way so mm-hmm. back to what we're 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 talking about um and just as it relates to Kansas City um my personal prophetic Roots and starting have nothing to do with the Kansas City prophets and and all that. And talked with Steve as well. Neither does the Elijah, Elijah List, Elijah Stream. Um, Yes, we got to know early on about people like Bob Jones and there's things we we learned from different ones. Um, I I don't really I didn't any there's no teaching I learned at all from, we'll say, Paul Kane or 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 anybody else. But prophetic is established. It's it's before that. And it's outside of that. You know, I think there's like I think of Bill Hammond and, and his whole movement. And when he started decades and decades ago, uh, there is even that kind of evidence that it precedes uh, precedes what took place in, in Kansas City. And so that would be a work of the enemy and an achievement of the enemy if he allowed us to give the prayer movement a black eye or. The prophetic a black eye because of what's taking place and, and, to,
1: and to state what you're saying because we did talk about this earlier that some people are are given to say man the whole thing was a lie then if there was sin in kansas city the whole prayer movements a lie if the prophets got started there the prophetic movements a lie you're saying no 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 these all pre-existed and even if they didn't this is me now even if they didn't pre-exist that doesn't mean you throw it out i I, I went to lunch with a guy in Fort Worth, 1989. He said, there's prophets. And I said, what? There's prophets today? And I, I wrote and told you this. I, I said, I knew in that moment, God put it in me, that my life would never be the same. I've seen prophets fall. I've seen prophets mess up. I've seen people screw up. I've seen people that fell in sin. And all I knew all the time was, well, that's got to be fixed. But that doesn't undo the fact that, God's people, all of God's people here, including God's prophets. So it's like it, I was never given to throw the whole, the whole, the baby out with the bathwater. But a lot of people are being tempted to do that right now, and that's what you're saying right now. Don't. That's what me. I'm
2: saying. Don't allow the enemy uh, to do that. This, the way the Lord will use it, is it heads to a purification. Is it possible? There's been something contaminated from the very beginning, with things in Kansas City. Possible. Uh, it's interesting. What's the root structure? When did compromise start? How, how did they pass compromise around? Because what often happens is a compromised leader, uh, he attracts other leaders that are either already compromised or headed towards it. And so it builds that way. Could that happen? Um, you know, the story is, is, is still coming out. <clears throat> but I want to address like, okay, ignoring can't be what's right. And we're not ignoring it because since this is also a representation of the prophetic. And there is a, a, a trying to, um, we'll say, cast stones this way because of yeah. Kansas City. We want to get that out there. And so it's, it's never good to ignore, but it is it is worth asking a question for people in general, for those of are out there. Is this my battle? If the Lord says I have to do that all the time, and that's really, for me, this was like, that's not my, there's a part of it that's not my battle I could say, because it's not in my circle. It's not, that's not the group I've been with and fellowshipping with and all that. And it depends whether you're a leader or where you're at as well, whether, whether it even uh, would register as influence of any sort, but it is worth asking the Holy Spirit is like, is this something, is this, is this for me? Is this something I need to uh, be aware of, respond to? Um, and if so, what, what would it be? And so if he tells you, this is not your, hoe to row, your row to hoe, Your battle line, you know, Joel's two armies. Everyone runs in his own row, so you know what's your own row. Um, But clearly, those who have been influenced and impacted by Kansas City, by IHOP, by Mike Bickle, it is in their in their world, and um, and so it is something that has to be addressed. But now I want to speak into covering versus confronting, because I just think there's some uh, some keys the Lord wants. for the body in general, because there is this reticence to acknowledge sin, even and it's like no love covers a multitude. There's a, you know one leader um, in the body of Christ didn't really appreciate his defense of, we'll say, Mike Bickle and what's taking place. But he who's without sin, let him cast the first st- stone. And so that is, of course, it's been a favorite forever, and it's a beautiful one. And there's, it's usually followed immediately by David. Look what he did. He was a murderer and adulterer. So I'm just gonna, those two, those two uh, phrases. Uh, let's just hit them uh, real quickly. He who was without sin cast the first stone. Well, we told about the situation. I will tell you right up front. It is never, never to be applied to sexual sins of ministers. The biblical application is Jesus realizing. The Pharisees are trying to make Jesus look bad by having to render a sentence of death against a woman who they set up. She was probably a prostitute. And so he is taking the stones out of these religious ones hands, these Pharisees. And he says, he who's without sin cast the first first stone. So uh, this 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 was uh, and casting the first stone did not mean confronting via email or confronting via social media it was literal killing
1: yeah that's what
2: they that's were going to do they were going to so he who's without sin cast the first stone was uh, this was like he wasn't saying you can't comment on it he was like you can't kill her and so this is such a different uh, uh, reality than what we're, we're we're talking he did not mean and he did not say he did not mean uh, hey don't address sin this is not, if you extract he who's without sin cast the first stone means yeah from now on nobody gets to address sin where will that leave us?
1: yeah yeah
2: we you know we'll be those Laodicean and, and worse churches yeah that, uh, and, you know and there's clearly laid out from the scriptures we're not taking the time for it but there's a high standard for Christian for church leadership. Yeah, and so you have to be a shepherd, and mm-hmm. and and a shepherd mm-hmm. cannot be predatorial as well. A, a shepherd cannot be taking advantage of his flock. Mm-mm. So even the story that we're talking about from Kansas City is not just, uh, you know, quote consenting adults that were equals. No, you're, when you're talking about a minister, founder of a, a, a ministry, and who's in his forties. And a teenager, and there is a use even of prophetic vision or uh, any kind of manipulation, that, that I, I called it a couple of weeks ago, I call that spiritual pedophilia. Hmm. That, that is that is uneven. That, that, that is not, well, they both sin, they both need to repent, and just if they do it on their own, fine. No, no, no. This is entirely different. This is a whole nother level. There is grooming involved. And I've watched this, and you've heard it from me before. All uh, it, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it that's taking place in the body of Christ, and it needs to stop. And it not needs, it needs not to be considered mutual adultery. They both just need to confess and shh, and not talk about. It. Well, yeah, it, I get. I've it. got
1: some, a bunch of emails. Not a bunch of some emails, and they say, "Here's the deal. This is the solution. She shouldn't have been where he is, and he shouldn't have been with her. She needs to repent. He needs to repent." This is she should never have uh, elevated a leader, and it begins to put all of the onus right back on the the, the victim. The yeah, yeah, it's it's horrific. It's and horrific. it doesn't
2: matter if she's no longer a victim twenty years later or thirty yeah. years later. If it started then, that's what you look at. You don't
1: yeah.
2: <clears throat> you don't look at what their ages are now. You look at what it was then, and then if there are more situations. So no, this thing. If you want to cover like love covers. It doesn't say love covers up. So anytime you're in a cover up, you're no longer into what love does. Love covers a multitude of sins was the love of Jesus, what he did on the cross. Everything you did, if you call upon him, you know, you confess your sins, the blood will cover all your sins. That's an entirely different situation than someone who's used the position of leadership.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give.
2: And I have to say this, you know, this is harsh what I'm going to say here, uh, but it's also truthful It needs to be said. If you consider yourself a minister and you take advantage of the sheep, you are no longer a minister. You are a wolf. You are a predator. And predators... Do not get loved. Nowhere in the are, Bible does it say love the wolves.
1: So it's you're saying, them. are you saying in effect you just lost your mantle as a minister? by doing it? Is that what you're saying?
2: You lost, you lost your mantle, and there is always one way back, and it's thorough, absolute repentance, and it's and and you know there's all kinds of ways that repentance has to take place. There is a point. There is a place where, as adults, you do something and you are on equal terms, and you both confess, and it doesn't have to go all the way to the body of Christ, and you dealt with, and there's true repentance, all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about, because what's taking place, the Kansas City thing is victims—those who finally got courageous enough to say that was just wrong. It was spiritually wrong. Yes, I was. They're like, of course, I was wrong in being a part of it, but I, I didn't know. They're using, they're using spiritual. Uh, um, uh, you know, high prophetic uh, words and and pressures and things and putting, and I'm just 19 years old, whether it's that one, and there's multiple similar situations. You don't have to be only 19 for that to happen. You have to understand if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, you are in an elder position. And if someone is in an under position, they don't consider themselves even a leader. They just came to the Lord, I mean, there could be like it's uh, spiritual pedophilia, even if you're like 35 and they're 25, because if, if they don't understand, uh, uh, if they're not at at that same spiritual peer level as you, and you are on this, the Scripture says, "Obey them that have the rule, submit to them, for they watch over your souls." And so, if you're violating one of His commands, like oh, the, He's like, you need to be people He can trust you. He's the shepherd. You're his under shepherd. If an under shepherd takes sexual advantage of someone under them, they are a predator, and you are not commanded to forgive or love predators. You cease being a predator by confession. You cease being a a predator by full confession, not partial confession of what you can no longer sweep under the rug. So that thing has to be properly understood and properly uh, taken care of. So. Um, because our time is is, is uh, running out on us. When do you cover? When do you confront? Because um, I'm going to cover more than just that situation. It's a case in point that's right before us. Um, in an atmosphere, I wrote t- uh, two sentences. In an atmosphere of covering, an atmosphere of covering everything, which means shh, cover up everything. We don't talk about it. We don't do an atmosphere of covering everything breeds a congregation of compromisers. Mm. And you will be one that says, Scripture would write on you, I have this against you. You permit that woman Jezebel to rule in your midst, because that's what ends up happening. If you allow it from the top, it's going to go on down Mm. everywhere. The blood from the top flows everywhere. Mm. And if you have, if you go the other way, an atmosphere of confrontation, if it's just paranoia, confrontation, accusation, that will breed. A congregation of backbiters, congregation of accusation. So you don't want that either. That's why we're saying the kingdom is about being right, right. The big circle, the little circle. You have to go. You have to know the standard. The standard is if you are a minister, you cannot take sexual advantage of anyone under you in that church or you have violated something. Okay. But as we deal with it, we want to do it the right way as well. And there is a place for repentance and coming back, and not all repentance have to be public, but it depends on the nature of it. If victims have made it public because they've attempted to do it in person, because that's what's happened in this situation, in Kansas City, at least some of them, if they have attempted to do this in person, and you have not allowed it, and so they have now taken it out, and it's now media, body of Christ and all that, there is a different level. You can't just go, let me say this strongly again. I think I said it a week or two weeks ago. You can't just say, well, I prayed and asked God to forgive me. And it's all under the blood. It is not under the blood. If it involves another person, he tells you, that's scriptures, Matthew 18, other things. First, even before you're going to give a gift to him, if you have an offense, if there is an offense either way, if there is sin in the camp, we'll just put it that way. You don't just say, I asked him to forgive me. Like, can you imagine if, if you know, you murdered someone. He's like, I asked him to forgive me. I'm clear. But there's a whole family that doesn't have a, a, a husband there because there are consequences. You don't just say, uh, and he doesn't just get you off the hook. I'm sorry. When you have someone you won't confess to, when you are hiding the truth, when you haven't confessed your sin uh, if this is a situation that we're looking at, Mike Bickle should have gone, it like, well, it's like, what's 20-something years ago. Then 20-something years ago, you should have gone to her, and you should have said, I am sorry. It was a sin, complete sin, and you go through the processes of getting clean back back then. You don't 20-something years later say, that was 20-something. Does it mean it didn't happen if it's 20-something years ago? The fact that you can bury something for 20-something years, and knowing that this lady considers it sin. That she 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 feels as if she was violated. It is sin. There is a way you deal with it. And, and are, you, you, are you are you making not a get statement? clean just by going this way?
1: Are you making a statement without saying anybody's name? Are you making a statement that the victim in question does feel like she was violated back then and has said so? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't know all the any I have I don't know that many details because you kind of said that. I was wondering.
2: Well, I know they have an attorney, I don't really know the in-depth story here. Okay. I know how this feels and I know so many other things going on in the body of Christ that are similar. And I know how, I know how the ministers do. And they're like, no, I got right with God. I got clean. Yeah, I did wrong. And, and
1: there was a public letter, uh, days ago that he's kind of said that I, I said, I'm sorry, but he said, and I thought that was it. But now I guess (laughs) I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but then he's saying, but so now I, I see that. God wants me to make a public confession out of it, but it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to editorialize it. It felt like it was well, well on on the
2: point you're making there, Steve, is that you know there was, it was a fairly long letter for being a repentance letter, and I'm deeply sorry, uh, and this, and it's to the body of Christ, to the body of Christ, to the body of Christ, but it's it rings hollow when you do not, first of all, repent to the person you actually did the initial harm. Like you I cannot see. be 42, like in his repentance there be, I was the leader of this movement. I was a grown man. I was over 40. She was a teenager. I violated that trust and confidence, whatever the level of sexual involvement, that's in you know, some way, like, well, was it everything? Was it not what it was some level and it may have been everything It, it that's, that's beside the point. The trust was broken at another level, and the wrongness of it is the clearest thing out there. That's why you don't cover that. You don't cover that and say, I dealt with it with God, and you ignore the person. You cannot say that. he. I saw his own emails that he sent somewhere else. as the greatest betrayal that's ever happened to me. The fact that she told. I how, can see. You, how can you consider that to be a betrayal that she told that? So yeah, I'm holding his feet to the fire. So you're saying there was
1: there was a uh, there was some grooming involved just by nature of the age. There had to be grooming involved. He was, was supposed to be someone watched over her, sh- her soul, and now when she finally went public, he's saying that's the greatest betrayal in my life. Is that and that's the way he he was seeing it. Yes, it, yeah.
2: that's it, it's just the wrongness of it for anybody who's thinking clearly. Anybody yeah. who's not under some programming of their own but again we we get we get weird when we like well we want to cover this and um he who's without sin let him sin no more it's never about this type of situation we just need to say that for clarity and and i have to you know this thing of david cuz i have dealt with so many of these steve yeah. and everyone wraps himself in david see what david did well did david really get away with it And did he really like
1: severe punishment from the Lord? I don't have it memorized, but it was like people. Well,
2: I just wrote a few. I just wrote a few things down, Stephen. So did he get away with adultery and murder? Well, the child died. First of all, the sword never left his house. He was told the sword. That means death in unusual ways. Never left his house. He had two of his children, Absalom and Adonijah, who uh, tried to take the kingdom from him. But both of them were sexually uh, uh, um, crazy in, in it all. Adonijah, I think, slept with 10 of his concubines in front of all of Israel. And so that's 10 of his wives, concubines in front of Israel. Adonijah then uh, goes into incest with Tamar. with the, And so you see this thing that he allowed, because he allowed it, it keeps going down. And that's why when you're ahead of a movement, what you release in that movement keeps going down. And so that's 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 wow. now they're having to deal with some other things in that. And so it tells us uh, and you know, he can,
1: can I of... just say this? He while that was happening and God was allowing it to happen as the direct result. Yes, it's true that God that that he was he was specifically forgiven of the sin, but the but the consequences were not removed. So it was like he was right before God and he started writing praises again. Right. But 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 God was not done allowing the consequences at all. Right. And the, and the more
2: intimacy you have with the Lord before that type of sin, the bigger yeah. your consequences. You understand that yeah. Moses, just for striking the rock instead of speaking the rock, does not get to go into the promised land. Yeah, wow. Big consequences. So the higher you are, the more revelation you've been exposed to, the more his voice you did hear. Like there's. You know, that's some of in this story we're talking about not to accuse him anymore on those things. But there is talking about the angelic and archangel encounters he's had and the audible voice of God. And so that starts affecting the people that are getting uh, groomed as well when you start hearing that kind of interaction. Well, if you did, if it was legit, um, that means you have a higher accountability. It doesn't yeah. mean you get to get away with more. And that's why David's accountability. Number one, he had. Intense sorrow when the prophet came to him and confronted. Him. He's like, oh. and then, he, you know, he wept before the Lord for days <clears throat> and he tried to change. He knew something was coming of judgment. And then the sexual sins plagued his family forever. Solomon, ultimately what causes him to, uh, to fall? You know, it wasn't there's a thousand concubines, 700 concubines. It's like problems like if you can, can't control the sexual urges in that kind of way then you're going, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be consequences. um, Do you believe, by the way,
1: that, do you believe that, that the, that the total compromise that came into Solomon's life, even though he was this wise wife, do you believe that was as a result of David's sin? Do you believe that was part of the whole?
2: I think there is, it doesn't tell us. So it's just conjecture in that kind of way, but there is something, we know it's ultimately he fell to their gods yeah. Um, uh, in worshiping them, but there is this thing about not being able to control your lusts and you decide, you know I'm in a position of power and I want that person. If you have 700 concubines, you pretty much made a decision you let your eyes go where you want and you take what you want. Well, that's what his dad did and that's that's that was the family dynamic he didn't stop and it even tells us somewhere David had trouble with his children because he didn't like to say no to them. And so there's something about understanding that if you're in a position of leadership, it don't matter how high level, uh encounters you're having with the lord in every way. And and David, we know from the Psalms that he talked over and over and over his sin is ever before him. Like he didn't he didn't just one time, well, you know your faith forgive. I just want to bring this before you. Thank you. Clean, delete, it's done. No, there's a wrestling with. He's like, oh, "Man, this was this was severe what I did. My sin is ever before me." He yeah. said.
1: Yeah. And so he, yeah.
2: he He understood that was a big deal because he's someone who had encountered the presence and power of God at a high level. And there is a higher level of accountability. So this kind of foolishness in the body of Christ where we can't just say things straightforward about this type of things has to has to stop. It can go too far. It's just like the path of life is, you know, here and then there's a ditch on either side. We can turn into an accusatory, um, paranoid, vindictive, mistrust, everybody type a uh, 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 reality for the church, we don't need that. But the one way that gets corrected is if there is proper process. And you don't say, you don't come in as leaders in the body of Christ and having heard nothing. And you just say, this is just witchcraft. This is warfare against this man and this this ministry. Yeah. Do not quickly do that. There's going to be a lot of you who did that, that you're going, you're going it's not just crow to eat. You're gonna to have to go before the Lord and, and it's good yeah, to have friends in the body of Christ who vouch for you. And that's that's good. And so it could just have been a soulish urge to vouch for someone. But there is we can't allow this type this type of dynamic and reality. We wonder why there is immorality at a wide scope in the body of Christ. It's because we're allowing it at the top levels. And then the top level people are telling the body of Christ, hey, shh, don't judge. Remember David, stop it. This is foolishness. God is not mocked. You cannot be a minister in the body of Christ while messing with the sheep. You become a predator. You are a predator. You are not a minister anymore. You are a predator. Just because you had an anointing doesn't mean anything. That anointing may come on you, even as on Samson. It came on him while he's sleeping with Delilah. But at some point it said, and he wist not. He did not know that the Spirit of God had left him. Because when you start crossing that line, there's something serious that happens. It's why it's one of the big, serious, serious sins, things that knock you out. Yes, we're all humans. Men are uh, uh, human. And at some point, uh, if you're a pastor or minister long enough, you probably try to explore how the Bible might give you permission to have a relationship with more than one woman. But here's the deal. It's not there. And don't add the, the, the polygamy stuff of the Old Testament. It's not there. You are not allowed extra
1: extra. Well, yeah, I mean, it specifically says in the New Testament, elders are to be husbands of one wife. There was a clear teaching clear. that old stuff is not here, you know. And then then, as is to emphasize it, God saw to it that even a nation like us made polygamy outlawed, you know, for, which is a biblical position to, for the, our nation to have taken. So it's interesting. Yeah. All right. I know our time is, just- can I, if I'm, if I, if, let me just ask you this, Johnny. Yeah, sure. If you, if you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a Mike Bickle hater or anything like that. I, I've been to the one meeting, one huge meeting back in 1990 when John Wimber showed up to bring correction. And I don't even, it's very fuzzy, but I was there. The only time I've ever been to Kansas city, I happened to be for that meeting. I didn't even know it was coming. Um, there was no internet telling us this was coming. So it showed up. If you were a person that had uh, Mike's ear and you were to say, and he were to say, look, what do you think I should do right now? What do you really think I should do, Johnny? I mean, do you feel comfortable about taking a stab at that?
2: Yeah. And should know, just as you said, I have had personal interaction with Mike only in the last uh, few years. And it's been pleasant. It was good. We sat in his office together. And so I have, uh, it was, it was, it's good. I have okay. nothing, um, I have no desire to see him or IHOP Kansas City uh, shut down. In fact, I think his true repentance is the only hope. Like yeah. true repent is the only hope for IHOP Kansas City surviving.
1: Okay. And it's
2: like you have to face um, a, whatever really happened, whatever really needs to come out. Part of, my advice to him i'd say come clean and but i don't know i don't know the full extent of what he's done and what the ramifications of that i don't i would be able to tell uh, uh, um, from that more exactly you know you can have like for example people are wondering what are you talking about well there are situations where you can't just confess another situation and expose somebody else who's already who's either that's not their choice to do so. Uh, you can't say it with their name. So this thing of being specific, you, you have to say things like, and there are other, there are other relationships or other times I violated and you don't have to tell the whole body of Christ that, but you should tell them, you should tell them on the side. So it just, everything that um, involves coming clean, <clears throat> you, you want to do, I'd walk beside Mike if, if he would do that. If if
1: there were more than one victim, I'll just use the word victim. That especially that was young like that. Would you would you recommend him saying publicly, look, I said there was more than I said it was one time, but the truth is, I'm just going to be truthful. There was more than one, and maybe I would say there's been a number of them. I don't think I should expose them to it because they've moved on. But I'm telling the body of Christ, there's been more than one, and I wasn't truthful. Is that advisable?
2: That's advisable. But again, I think a secondary thing is he does have to tell them that. Yeah. Uh, um, Each individually, like there's degrees of repentance and there's sloppy repentance and there's trying to cover yourself legally in repentance. And it's just fake repentance when you're trying to just survive. But I do believe um, that if, you know, uh, that's the thing I would help. I would walk beside him like, how do you come clean? I want to be clean. I want to say everything I want to move move forward and and you you know you, you you do the right things in all directions and you don't dump more on the body of Christ than they need to have dumped on them they don't have to uh, hear more than needs to be heard but you you have to the reason it's to the place it is right now is because when he was confronted at some lesser level he refused even to hear it and so it's gotten to that place right now and there is a biblical principle he who being rebuked hardens. There's a hardening of the heart that takes place when you mm. refuse to hear. And there's a likelihood that that's taken place. Like when you've had many times and many opportunities, this is just what I've seen in other settings. Again, I, I, I draw from other experiences we've gone through and heard. Like there is a place where it can be hard for that conscience. That's what people should pray for, is that that conscience come alive, the heart come mm. alive. Where you don't, where you say something like, you know, I think if he did something like really came clean, the best he knows in all directions, and then just says, you know, I recognize as well. I've defaulted in my position as a shepherd because that's his position. And so, but I still believe in this vision. I still want to be a part, but I have to, I have to be a servant in this now. I'm just going to be, um, I want to be the janitor at I hop from now on and, um, but I want to be in the prayer rooms. I want to believe in it. I want to do that. There's, there's, there's a way of humbling yourself and coming clean in that kind of way. And you, you're you no longer running. You're not the one firing and hiring and doing all that. You can even still be a part of the ministry and be a, a reminder. He could be a reminder within the movement that this is a high call. You don't, you can't cross those boundaries. You can't cross those lines. And, and yes, uh, again, I, I acknowledge. I know there's a. I can hear the ministers out there. Oh no, because ministers do not like this standard being out there. I've been a minister for decades. Okay, and and would just say, yeah, it's scary. Oh, you mean like if I if I fall in sin, then it's then it's over for ministry. Well, there's an aspect of it. You are facing that. That's it's it's a position of trust, and the fear of the Lord is supposed to hold you in a place where, for if for no other reason. That you like, I cannot cross a boundary where as a shepherd, he sees me as a wolf. Yeah, Is that wow. Forget what the people see you as, as a wolf. If you mess with his people, he sees you as a wolf. And so he's going to want you taken out. And that's the fear of the Lord that needs to come back to ministers. But once they get away from it, they, they get away with it for a while. They're like, oh, I think he he really needs me. That's the big lie that goes at the high level. Uh, Of deception for ministers that I've seen, they believe that their anointing is so valuable to God, that they are so indispensable for the kingdom of God that he's like, dang, I wish you wouldn't, but I had to put up with that in David too. So I'm going to put up. No, it's not that wrong narrative. You didn't learn. David didn't have the story to read from. He was a first-timer, first-timer king experienced somebody with all that power and learning to say no to it. And so we have the advantage of 2,000 years since Jesus and the Holy Spirit with us. And we're able to read David's story. I didn't even add to the part where you're like, yeah, David, he got away with it. Here's the deal. In heaven, our minds are going to be purified and all that. But one of the first things when we see David, we're going to go, wow. Yeah, he's the one that killed Goliath. He's the one that fell with Bathsheba.
1: And it's like, yeah, well, that's, both. that's on him forever. Like, yeah, even, even in heaven... And now, Johnny, you just said something a few minutes ago. I'm just going to ask you: Were you serious about it? Were you serious when you said just a few minutes ago, "I would walk beside him if he would do a full-on repentance"? Full-on. Are you serious?
2: Absolutely. It would be such an example for the body of Christ. It could, if it could, engender and reproduce the fear of God, and all throughout the body of Christ, it could. If he did it, if somebody, one of these guys will do it once they fall, instead of covering themselves and throwing the victims under the bus, if they will do that, it will release something into the body of Christ where that will happen all over the place, and it will do more good than their entire ministry uh, surviving. Up to that
1: point, yeah. yeah.
2: If if that would if that would happen, so
1: yeah. Well, that's quite an offer. I mean, it's out there. Um, Johnny, do, did you finish saying anything about people that get to be with their families at Christmas? Did you say all you oh, wanted man. to say? All right,
2: that? I know our time's up, but Go just ahead and take
1: five to ten minutes if you need to.
2: Just, a, I think I can do it in a in a couple minutes. Okay. Listen, it's it's back to the transcendency. uh yeah. Rise with that. Is to I'll just remind you of of that again. He has made you to be a kingdom thermostat, not a kingdom thermometer, and. And you want to, here's the, here's the, if you remember that, remember that point, wherever you're with family is like, I'm not here just to determine if there's a lot of things I want to avoid and stay away. I can bring in kingdom climate wherever I go. And then you're going to have to do, you're going to have to read your situation and defer sometimes to truth in order for love to prevail. Like this is not your ministry. In the sense of your preaching or anything else, because there's there, we're, we got you get overcommitted to truth, then you're like I'm just going to hit them over again. The kingdom has to be the right thing and the right way, truth in love. If truth doesn't come couched in love, and that's what you have to do uh, with with family. And so you're you're really going there to focus and prioritize developing the love. Think of two okay. legs, one is love, one is truth. You got to lead with love. And, yeah. and if the relationship gets strong enough where you're able to then present truth, like whether you're arguing about, uh, it can be politics about anything, but you can bring, you can know it's pointless to do so. So there's the wisdom, the instruction about lean on the Holy Spirit, but don't consider yourself a victim. And, and remember the fruit of the Holy Spirit is always at your, at your disposition. And again, just hopefully that as, as, as a tool um, can help you in 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 your next um, encounter here with family over the next uh, several days and few days
1: That was really good and you know you had quoted earlier that scripture about let your gentleness wasn't that on this program did yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah I mean that's that, that's always whenever I hear that especially the last few years because I've had plenty of family conflict that happens and I think, and, and that this thing is let your gentleness be evident I think it goes. Yep. something like that yeah that's kind of that's kind of pregnant you know because we all know what feel like we want to often feel like we have the right to let our opinion be known that's not what that's saying
2: you know yeah. you know it's an overused or maybe underheard statement it's not necessarily a bible scripture but it does play out it's like until till people know how much you care. They don't care how much you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's, a, that's practically a biblical, uh, that's, that's that's so true, man. I mean- yeah. they don't know
2: your love, they don't really care about your discipline and truth. And you, you just apply that to, you understand that even in raising children, uh, discipline, whatever jo- children, you know, there's some, uh, whatever your discipline allowance is, some don't believe in spanking their kids, but there's some sort of discipline, some sort of n- no, but nobody allows somebody else To just come to their kids say listen your kids out of line i just thought you need to know the truth tell them to you know stop you don't allow another adult to come discipline your kids why because they haven't loved them first they haven't they're not the ones that birth stayed up changed the diapers there is something about love laying a foundation that even gives you a right to tell the truth and you have to know from the lord from the holy spirit do you even have the right to tell the truth has there been enough of love laid down, the bridge of love has that not been laid down again? That's Jesus told the woman caught in the act of adultery, Go and sin no more, but not before he chased off her accusers, not before he said, I don't blame you either. I don't, I, I know that you were abused by men, neither do yeah. I condemn you. So, yeah. there there is that and understanding that dynamic as well.
1: Yeah, so good. And he was the one being on the face of the planet. They had the right to condemn her if he so chose, and he had he was the without sin, you know. That he and and he didn't, I mean, that that preaches too. Steve, all right, Steve, well,
2: he's literally the one, the Ten Commandments is the word wrote it. Jesus, he's literally the entity, the person, God in the flesh, that wrote, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And he's like, This does not primarily apply in this situation until all the end, until That's we so huge,
1: that it's, is huge. You know, and I guess we think of we probably understand he's the one that said this. If you do, if these kids, if they're caught in adultery, this is like in out in the desert. At least they're to be stoned if one sleeps with it. You know, so he wrote that too. I guess I don't know how what detail he wrote on those stones up there, but yeah, and he he had every you know nook and cranny of the law in his in his being because from it came those commandments. Interesting times. Uh, Johnny, would you go ahead and pray for us as we pray for the people? Yeah. I, and let me I think th- a lot of clarity came out of it. I think more than I even expected clarity uh, came out of this today. But go ahead. What would you start to say there?
2: Well, just a 30-second reminder. Uh, look oh, at yeah. um, Holy Land. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Pop that up there real quick. Emily. Pop that English up right?
2: again. Dot okay. community. So we're telling you about our tour guide from Israel. And, you know, his ability to make money has been uh, cut off. He is a, a truth-seeking Israeli, and he has content he wants to share. And there is uh, there's a free um, podcast. Is that I guess that's what I'm supposed to call it. Um, this Thursday, December twenty first. But go to the Holy Land community, and he wants to be able to share and share again. He's a he's a truth-seeking Israeli. If he were a Palestinian, we'd ask him the same question: Are you able to provide for yourself? And we know yeah. there again. For those of you who think, well, why are we doing this for the Palestinians?" We would if it that if it applied. But this is just a situation we know about, and so it's not primarily uh, it's not a fundraiser at all. It's he really wants to offer um, his expertise, historical historical expertise, and understanding of the Bible connection to the land and all that kind of stuff. So please um, uh, look at that, and and um, if your heart's uh, moved to uh, connect to that in some kind of way, uh, please please do it so all, all right, right let's pray go
1: ahead. yeah
2: lord we just thank you for this Ooh. time and yeah. and holy spirit we just thank you for um uh, the season we're entering into whether yeah. it's the actual days when you were born or not or whether it's some mix of holidays that's come together lord we are we're in a place we're in a time where it's christmas uh and it's about christ and we're going to do that no matter what if we find there's a better date or a better way in the future as a society or as a church, we'll do so. But for now, yeah. Lord, this is a time where we acknowledge you. We praise you. We enjoy singing to you. We enjoy family. We, yes, en- right. we enjoy memories, uh, good memories in the midst of all the other things that come. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would bring unusual peace to yeah. the hearts. This is what you're saying with this transcendency, transcendent realities you can arise with the transcendency of his peace in the midst of yeah. whatever natural circumstance or situation, whatever country, whatever uh, whatever state, whatever family, whatever whatever challenge of reality that exists there. You are the God who provides himself as yes, the God Lord. of peace and the one that gives us peace and joy. And so I ask, Lord, that there would be a release of comfort and joy to the hearts yeah. of those who are watching Viewing this right now, comfort and joy, comfort yeah. and joy, and expectancy of good from you in every area mm-hmm. of life, Lord. That's what hope. Uh, this having this ir- irrepressible hope is the expectation of good from God uh, in every area of life. Let that be released into the hearts of all that are here. Thank you, Lord, for um, for assisting us in 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 growing with you and in you and challenging mm-hmm. us to uh, um, to the next level in our. Uh, in our ambassadorial experience here on earth, as we represent you as ambassadors yes, and carry your presence to, to be carriers of your solutions, carriers of everything that Jesus brought on earth. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. It's a little longer than normal, but I felt like it was really important to go that long and get that out there. Quick reminder, Demonte Edmonds will be with us in the morning. Um, Where's that? Okay. Uh, someone. Get, okay. Yes. The, he will the his he's calling this the double scales of justice and judgment. it's the other way around: double scales of judgment and justice. So it sounds like uh, something along the lines. I don't know if what we're talking about I can't can't quite tell, but it sounds very interesting. so all right, thank you so much, Johnny. Give our love to Elizabeth and your family have a great uh, gathering if I don't see. am yeah, I not gonna see you till after Christmas now, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah okay, well, you'. All have... yeah, have, have a great holiday. Christmas give a dreaming and my love to all your dreams we've, we've met them all so i think we met them all weren't they there all there that one day i
2: think you did i think you did meet them all
1: yeah it was a great time love that all right everybody have a great day we'll see you tomorrow at 11 o'clock pacific merry christmas everybody see you later bye-bye
0: this has been elijah streams thanks for listening For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com
2: slash give to become a partner today.